There was a season in my family's life where we were not doing the typical thing. In other words, I had pastored a church, we had planted a church, I had been in ministry for many years, and we found ourselves not doing that. I had been invited to help out a foster care agency that needed some help, and I stepped into that initially as a part-time effort, and then it turned into a full-time thing where it was like, now I had to make a choice. Am I going to try to continue to lead this church, or am I going to go with a foster care agency that had invited me, and again, with the responsibilities mounting, I couldn't do both, and, and as we prayed about it, we felt led to actually take the, the job with the foster care agency, and we relocated to another community. And while we were there, I found myself in a different place. I found myself at a new normal. I had been used to preparing sermons on a weekly basis. We did a Wednesday night service. We did Sunday morning. Uh, I led studies and devotionals. And I had been in full-time ministry. And all of a sudden, all of that's gone. And it was literally like hitting a brick wall or slamming on the brakes at 90 miles an hour and suddenly I found myself engulfed in another world. And yet my habit was and my comfort zone was preparing sermons, studying, equipping the saints for the work of ministries, Ephesians 4 instructs us to do. But here suddenly I wasn't doing that. And for a few months, everything was off. I felt like I was, I was in one of those fun houses at the fair and everything's a little off balance and off kilter. And have you ever felt that way? Maybe I just described what you're going through right now where everything feels off. Maybe for you it's really off and for others it may be completely upside down. But what is common to us all, not just in our community, not in just the profession of ministry or, or case management and social work, what's familiar to all of us right now are new normals. Notice I didn't say a new normal, it's new normals, because everything in our life in this season has been impacted and touched in one way or another. We really do begin to understand how everything is extremely interconnected. Things that we thought were completely unrelated suddenly come into view as absolutely that's connected. Have you tried to buy bread at the store? Have you tried to try, buy toilet paper at the store lately? Have you, have you tried to just find milk and eggs and some of the basic things? All of a sudden, shelves are cleared. That's a new normal. That's not something we've experienced, at least in our neck of the woods. So we're all now beginning to understand the interconnectedness. And here's what I'm understanding, and maybe you're feeling the same way, is the fragility of it all. Life is fragile. Now, I know that as a pastor because I've done a lot of funerals in 38 years. A lot. So I understand the fragility of life. But also culture. The status quo. What we call normative or normal. That is also very fragile. And right now, we are experiencing not just a new normal, but new normals. As you can see on our title screen there. I'm taking a departure from our series. We've been going through the book of Philippians, and it's been a great study, and I'm enjoying it. But as I was seeing, and we're doing it verse by verse. So as I was coming up on what was coming next, I thought to myself, this, not that it's irrelevant, but I did not want to force fit a passage to fit a situation. And so I took a step back, and I said, Lord Jesus, what do you want to say? 
What do you want us to hear? As I prayed into that, a number of things came up through the week that got me to thinking in a different direction. And it was this idea of new normals. It's a different world. And it almost happened overnight for most of us. I mean, one week we're planning into Easter, we're meeting as a staff, as a team, we're getting ready for the next thing, and then the next week we're having to figure out, okay, how do we do a staff meeting by phone? Do we Zoom? Do we use, you know, do we, we get on through a conference call? All of a sudden, what was normal to us isn't normal anymore. Even sitting here, standing here this morning, right now, in real time, and I look out, there's a handful of people here, just because... We've got to keep the lights and production and the video and, and the worship team and all of that. And so it is very much a new normal. However, a new normal doesn't have to defeat us or scare us out of our minds. Because we who are followers of Christ are not like those who are in the world without Christ. We have a hope that supersedes any scenario that can go on in this world. And it's not like historically culture, society, nations, Christianity in general has not experienced loss, change, massive change. And yet the church has thrived in the middle of it all because in a very real sense, when the chips are down, it's the church's finest hour. And so it's almost like the harder the hammer falls, <laughs> the more scattered the church becomes, and yet that's a good thing. See, I remember in seminary, one of our professors talking in terms of this, that we are the church gathered. And then he talked about Acts chapter 2, and persecution came, and the hammer of Rome fell. He said, now they became the church scattered. So we are both the church gathered and now we are finding ourselves in our time, unthinkably so, but here it is, we are now the church scattered. But are we really? Maybe it's just a new normal that we have to respond to, adapt to, and I love the military term, adapt and overcome. And here's what I believe for you, you who are watching. I believe you are a champion. I believe that you are an overcomer. I believe that you're going to find yourself thriving in this context and not just surviving. Why? Because I know my God. And I know that he's good all the time. And all the time he's good through every season. When life's going well, it's easy to say that and say, oh yeah, God's amazing. Woohoo, life's great. But we end up with a lot of new normals overnight we can be shaken. But here's the thing. Like a tree planted beside the waters, Psalm chapter 1, when the winds blow, calamity comes, gale force, hurricane force winds beat against us, we may be bent, but we do not have to be broken. And I want to say that to you specifically right now. I want you to know you may be bent, but you are not broken. Because your God, the same God who lifts us up out of the miry clay and puts our feet on a rock, that same God, the same God that you have history with, your history in God tells you that he is not abandoned, he is not forsaken, 
unlike Elvis, he has not left the building. He is still here, still present, still at work. The God who comes near is near, even now. In New Normals, I just put the subtitle, Embracing Grace When Life is Anything But Normal. And that is where we find ourselves today. So I want to speak into this and this situation. Historically, it's, it's COVID-19 or C-19 or the coronavirus. And, and there's so much information now. Just over the last few days, we've been pounded with information. Not all good, but a lot of it is sound. And, and again, just practicing you know, safe and appropriate uh, practices in order to, to be wise. But I have to say something. I had to go to the store. I had to do a store run yesterday. And it's funny that now when I do a store run, I have to actually think about doing a store run now. Before, it was just to go to the store and grab something. Now, it's, I think a little bit more when I walk through those doors. And as I walked in, I was surprised at how crowded the place was. Not only that, but how actually... There was, a, there was a jovial atmosphere. People were smiling. Now, I did this on purpose. This is what I do on purpose. I looked people in the eyes as I was going down the aisles. Not everybody looked back. Many are almost afraid, it seems like, to even just glance at somebody. But most people welcomed the gaze, welcomed the glance, and responded back. I would nod, smile, how are you doing? One guy stopped me. We ended up talking and chatting and having a great time, and, and actually they come to our church, and I didn't know that until yesterday, and they've relocated from another community, and it was so refreshing to talk to a person as opposed to a camera or a phone. But it was refreshing. I think he needed it. I know I did, and it was just a great conversation to have that human contact. But I have to say this. I mentioned this earlier. Though we are practicing social distancing, or as Jason calls, physical distancing. We are not practicing spiritual distancing. Listen to the scripture, Mark 4.39. Jesus finds himself in a boat asleep. And we're going to read that passage. But listen to our, our key scripture is this. Then he, Jesus, arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Calm over chaos. And that really is what I want to talk to you about today. I've done a series of, of posts and devotionals just to encourage people. And some words that, that need to supersede the feeling and sense and tone and tenor of the hour. And one of them was this, calm over chaos. There is just such a story in the scripture. I just read Mark 4.39. So I want to read the passage to you. Verse 35 in the book of, of Mark chapter 4. Jesus says this. Or, or This happens with Jesus. And he'll say, On the same day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. I, I subtitled this from here to there, embracing a new normal. You know, it's interesting that in life there are times and seasons where we move from one place to another. It may be a move like a job situation causes you to relocate, maybe even within your own community, but you move from one job to another, one culture to another, one situation. You get married, 
you merge cultures and families and you move from one culture and begin to actually develop your own culture and a new culture. Movement is a part of life and it comes back to the word that most of us don't like or appreciate it and we call it the C word, change. We don't like change typically. Change is hard to embrace Especially if it's not change that you asked for or change that you're welcoming. But change must be navigated. Jesus had been with his disciples. When I say his disciples, I don't mean just the 12. I mean hundreds of people on the hillside. And Jesus had just taught through all the parables. He was teaching them in parables. They were up on a hillside. He was down on the shore speaking up to them and teaching them the kingdom principles kingdom realities and at the end of that he was tired and so he said let us cross over to the other side in other words we're going to move from here to there things are about to change we're going to go somewhere what the disciples did not know were two things that were about to happen first of all they didn't know that when they arrived on the other side of the lake that they were going to run into what is known as the Gadarene demoniac And it was a man that was so besieged with demonic spirits, so beaten down, so broken, so decimated that the culture he was in actually rejected him and sent him out to live in the wild where he would have fits of rage, cutting himself with a rock, cutting himself with rocks mutilating himself, self-mutilating. There's so much in that. They didn't know that they were about to encounter that. Talk about a new normal. But on the way to the new normal, and what they had to go through was another new normal. And that's why I'm calling this new normals. Because nothing is normal right now. The way you interact with people. Awkward thing at the store yesterday. Our first response and reaction is to shake hands with people. I saw several people I knew. And everybody sort of started to do this, and then they caught themselves. I caught myself, and we would sort of just, you know, we didn't get too slick like we did back in school, you know, where you go, oh, yeah. It, it wasn't that awkward, but it was awkward in the sense of, oh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're keeping distance. I had several conversations with people I knew in the store, and you could just feel that tension and that awkwardness, that new normal. From here to there, embracing a new normal. So as they went to go to the other side, They had to go through something to get to the other side. I want you to know something. You're going through something right now. We are going through something right now. But here's the good news. You will get to the other side. This shall surely pass. The valley of the shadow of death was not a permanent uh, edict. It wasn't a, a permanent sentence invoked. It was a valley that you went through. You didn't stop. You didn't pitch a tent. You didn't set up camp there. You didn't sightsee. You just kept moving. And as we keep moving, we will get through to the other side. Annette and I were caught in a horrific, horrific storm up in West Texas one time. And, and she was begging me to stop. And, and it was like mud was blowing sideways. There was a tornado that we didn't know about at the time, but I had a feeling there was. And All we could hope, wish, and pray for is that we didn't drive through it, the tornado itself. But I knew it was close because it was beating us up. The car was moving. We were in a Tahoe, and it was felt like it was coming off the ground. And 
And, you know, it's not a good day in West Texas when you see about six weather chasers, storm chasers in a row pass you on the road. That's not a good sign. And as they were passing us and people were stopping and lights, hazard lights, and then it got to be where you couldn't see, I had a choice to make. I could sit there on the road and do nothing or I could punch through and get to the other side. And against my wife's best wishes, I floorboarded that thing and we punched out on the other side. And it was a devastating storm that we came through. And one whole half of our vehicle was covered in solid mud. I'd never seen anything like it. We made it through to the other side. But it was because I decided not to stop. Sometimes you just got to keep putting one foot in front of the other. So here's what happens as they're on the lake now. And as is common on the lake of Galilee, it's surrounded by hills. And many times if there's a storm coming up, a squall, you can't see it coming. It's, it's surrounded by hills. When you're on the lake, you're actually looking up, and you can't see what's coming, and this is exactly what happens. It says this, And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he, Jesus, was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. What? <laughs> so they're in the middle of the storm, and Jesus is asleep in the boat. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? This is the one that said, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. This is the prince of peace. This is the one who cares the most. And they said, Do you not care? See, they had not fully realized who he really was. The full revelation hadn't come clear. And so they awake him, awaken him because he's still asleep in the middle of a storm. Jesus sleeps in the middle of storms. We're in a storm right now. We're in the middle of something. This is a squall and this is a big one. But where's Jesus? It's interesting to me that sometimes we pray and we don't get anything. There are times when it feels like heaven has gone silent. Could be if you haven't talked to him in a while. He, you're, just, you're just backtracking a little bit. And he's, he's just waiting for you to come, waiting for you to talk, waiting for you to connect. And I always interpret the silence of heaven as Jesus being asleep in my boat. And here's what I understand about that. That if Jesus is in my boat, I'm going to be okay. It's a proximity issue. If his presence is in the same place that I am, and he has said, I, he will never leave you, he will never forsake you, then you don't have to worry about the storm because he's with you. Jesus is asleep in a storm because he was fully confident and fully trusted the destiny on his life. He knew a storm wasn't going to take him out of his destiny. And my question for you is, do you understand your destiny in God? Do you understand the calling on your life? Do you understand your life message and what God has called you to? If you do, then you know no storm is going to take you out. Stick close to Jesus. You'll get through the storm. Look what happens. He was in the stern of sleep and they woke him and said, Do you not care that we're perishing? Listen to this. Well, let me read this up at the top. If Jesus is sleeping in your boat, you are in the safest place you can be. And I want you to know that today. That no matter what's going on in our world, this global crisis, if Jesus 
is asleep in your boat, you're going to be okay. You're going to get through this. Jesus brings calm to our chaos. Look what he does. Then he arose. He rebuked the wind. That means he spoke to it and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Russ, I'm going to invite you to come play behind me. He arose, rebuked the wind, said to the sea, peace, be still. In the Greek, it's irene. In the Hebrew equivalent is shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Peace. He speaks peace. The prince of peace brings peace, speaks peace, declares peace. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Jesus brings calm to your chaos. He's speaking to our storm right now. This thing isn't going to last forever. New normals have been established and more are coming. But we're going to get through this. Igbok, remember that? It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Because Jesus is in your boat. Whether he's awake rebuking the storm or sleeping on a pillow, it's good either way. He's with you on the boat. Verse 40, but he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? He's saying, how is it that you do not understand? You've seen what I have done already, and yet you have no faith. And they had no idea what they were about to step into when they made it across the lake. They were about to step into another situation that was going to take some faith. And he's calling them out, but he does it in love. He's gentle. Why are you fearful? How is it you have no faith? Trust is born out of your history with God. Let me ask you something, friend. Has God been faithful to you in the past? I don't know if you've noticed or not, but you've got a pulse this morning or you wouldn't be listening to me right now. You woke up. Whatever has happened to you in your life, whatever tragedy, whatever calamity, whatever pain, whatever has gone south for you in your life, you're here today, now. You are here. And that means you won. That means whatever has happened has not taken you out. I didn't say it didn't change your life. It didn't impact you. It didn't influence you. It didn't create another series of new normals for you. But I'm saying it did not take you out. You were here today. And I want to encourage you. What we're going through right now will not take you out. You're going to be here tomorrow and the next day trust is born out of your history in God has he ever left you or forsaken you well, well he didn't answer my prayer no wait a minute you ask the wrong question you get the wrong answer maybe what we've been asking isn't even in alignment with his purpose his will his revealed will in the scripture go back to your history in God and the fact that you're here proves that God's a healer that God's a rescuer, God's a deliverer, or you wouldn't be here watching this. The last verse, verse 41. And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, while that sounds like a great declaration, you need to understand, they still didn't get it. They still didn't quite understand who he is. It's easy to blame the disciples for limited sight. But what about us? Do we believe he is who he says he is? Do we believe that he's a rescuer? That he's a deliverer? That his presence is with us? And that in his presence, 
is fullness of joy, fullness of life. (sighs) Beloved, Jesus is in your boat. Whether asleep or not, he's with you. And he's got you. A couple of thoughts I had is presence over panic. His presence supersedes the panic that you may be feeling right now. And let me just say something because I I don't want you to feel bad. I want to be kind with this. If you're feeling fearful, anxious, panicky, listen, just acknowledge it. It's real. It is what it is. Acknowledge that. And then gift it over to him. Lord, I give you this. I give everyone and everything to you, God. Promises over panic. All the promises in God are in Christ as a yes and an amen. The promises of God over the panic of today. Let the promises of God supersede the fear, the anxiety. And the last one, praise over panic. Sometimes you got to praise your way out of a bar ditch. I probably need to define what a bar ditch is. It's a ditch on either side of a road that catches water and keeps everything from washing away on the road itself, on a dirt road. And it's, it's to preserve, but sometimes we get stuck off into the bar ditch instead of staying on the road where we need to be. And sometimes we have to praise ourselves out of that place. Praise over panic. God inhabits the praises of his people. And as we praise him, as we sing, as we worship, he inhabits that praise. James 4.8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Jesus is in your boat, asleep or awake, doesn't matter. He's in your boat, your boat's not going to sink. I want to give you a couple of resources that I've been leaning into during the season that are helping me and I'll close with this. There's some apps I want you to look at and check out. One of them is called Abide. Abide is an app where you can go in and you can have the scripture read to you with background music or or sounds that that are encouraging and they break it up into themes. Another one that's similar to that is an app called Dwell. Similar. I've got both of those on my phone, and when I'm driving into town, i got about a 15-minute drive in, and I put those on, and I just let the Scripture wash over me. Abide is one. Dwell is another app. Another app that you've got to get is the one-minute pause. It's John Eldridge speaking encouragement in your heart and your spirit, saying this, Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. I give everyone and everything to you, God. And he goes on from there to encourage and build you up. Let these words wash over you. He quotes scripture in there. It's an encouragement. And then the last one, just another simple resource. All of these are apps that you can download. It's the YouVersion Bible if you don't already have it. Millions upon millions do. I encourage you to do it. Every night, Annette and I, before we go to sleep, we put on the YouVersion Bible. We're going through the Bible. And we do it a two-year track. We just let the Bible wash over so we let the scriptures fill us up faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word by the message of Christ and it builds our faith it keeps us moving in the same direction on the same page there's just a few little resources that I hope will help you as I close in prayer today I just want to ask you a question if Jesus is not in your boat It may be because you've never actually taken a step into Christ. 
So I want to invite you to do something. And I'm going to keep this super simple. Would you pray right now, right where you are? Would you bow your head? And would you pray and ask Jesus Christ to save you, to come into your heart, to give you a new purpose, to give you a new heart? And would you just tell him, I give you the rest of my life. I give you everything I am. Would you let Jesus be the Lord of your life? As I close in prayer, I want to invite you to invite him into your situation, into your boat, into the storm. And allow him to bring calm to your chaos. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my friends that are listening. And if you're praying this prayer for the first time, just pray it along with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you everything I am. My past, my present, and my future. I turn from sin and trust your work on the cross for me. And I choose to live my life out of your resurrection. I give you my life. I give you my heart. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, would you write in, let us know, fbg.com. You can go to info, as, as an email address, info at fbg.com, and let us know, bridgefbg.com. Let us know that you prayed that prayer. We want to pray with you and encourage you. And again, if you have any prayer requests or needs, just reach out. We're here for you. We love you. Have an amazing week. And we'll continue on as we are at this point. And I want you to know something. Jesus is alive and well and in your boat. Amen. Amen. God bless you.